Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Hit it up hard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 351 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. On March 2nd, 2023, Padres, they lost to the Mariners today, 5-4 in the spring training game. Yesterday's game was rain-shortened. Today's game was not. But today's game, it seemed like it flew by pretty quick. The big story coming out of today was Fernando Tatis Jr., Padres, Padres fans as well, got to see Fernando play in right field in a game for the first time since 2021. So that was cool to see. Uh, had some at-bats. This was the first time that we got to see Tatis, Soto, and Manny. That, you know, threesome there, that trio at the top of the lineup, you know, because we didn't get to see it last year. We were waiting on it for a long time. Didn't get to see it. So um, it, it was cool to see that visually. It wasn't on TV. It was on the MLB.com webcast, which I know there were a lot of questions about during the game because I was putting out the highlights some clips to the game and people were like, so you get to watch it, but I don't, where are we, where are you watching this game? It was on the webcast. It wasn't on Valley. Uh, it was on MLB or the Padres website, Padres.com. Uh, so let's start with this spring training game. And then 
there's some other topics I wanted to hit on as well. So Tatis at the plate, and let me know in the chat. What did you think if you were watching? What did you think of Tatis's day in right field? Him at the plate. What do you think of some of the pitchers that pitched today, or just some guys that have stuck out so far? What did you think of Rugnet Odor, his Padres debut today at second base? Uh, anything you want to talk about Padres related or just San Diego sports related? Go ahead. Let me know in the comments. Uh, if you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up in the chat, and I'll have you on. Um, so Tatis at the plate today, he walked in his first at-bat, struck out in his second at-bat. It was all breaking balls in that second at-bat. And then the third at-bat, I believe he threw, he flew out to right field, Teoscar Hernandez. I was watching this whole game, and I don't remember him flying out to right field. And that's why I didn't clip it. That's why I didn't put it out on social media. I, I didn't see it. I, I was watching the game. I, I don't remember him flying out to right field. So that was weird. Uh, but I looked back on MLB.com, and it says he flew out to right in his third at-bat. So 0 for 2, he walked three plate appearances because uh, a walk is not technically an at-bat. But the first plate appearance from Tatis, I loved it. Obviously, it ended up because he got on base. You know, you like that. But I like that he's showing patience. Bob Melvin said this after the game. Like, usually when a guy, he's missed a lot of time, he's coming back, you think that he's going to want to be aggressive, swing at everything because he just wants to, he's just happy to be back. He's anxious, right? But Tatis, he's taking pitches. And there were some pitches that you could say today might have, should have been called strikes maybe. Like if you're a Mariners fan, you might have thought, oh, some of those were strikes. But it seems like he's being really patient at the plate, which is good. He's not being aggressive, taking good at-bats. He struck out in his second at-bat, like I said, but those were all breaking balls. Logan Gilbert was the starter for the Mariners, and uh, he did not want to throw him fastballs. And Tatis, I believe it was either the first or the second at-bat, he fouled off a couple pitches too. So here's the tingler word, but he was battling. Um, so that's good to see, you know, he's not just swinging at the first pitch right out of his shoes or right? swinging out of his shoes, you know, early in counts, which if the, if the pitch is down the middle, yeah, of course do it. But if it's not, you don't want him doing that. Right. And he's not doing it. So credit to him. I'm not really looking at like the results too much. Like how many hits did he have in a game? I'm more looking at, okay, how does he look in the box? Like, does he, is he confident still? Is he, is he having good at-bats? Because, as we know in baseball, you can hit a line drive right to someone, right? You smashed it, and it's an out. You could hit a little, you know, dribbler down the line, and it's a hit. It goes as a hit in the, in, in the box score, and people that didn't watch the game, they're going to sit there and be like, oh, Tatis, nice. He, got, he had a three-for-three three day today. Well, maybe it's three not really hard-hit bar or hard-hit balls. and the next day, he goes over three, but he hit three liners that were just caught, right? That, that's what baseball is sometimes. So um, I'm more looking at the quality of the at-bats. How does he look on the base pass? He scored a run today in that first inning when he walked. Juan Soto, by the way, he continues to mash. I think he's hitting 800 in spring training. He had a multi-hit day today. I think he went two for two. Let me double-check that. Two for three. Went two for three, drove in, drove in a run, smashed the ball up the middle that I posted on social media. 
So, uh, yeah, Soto's looking, he's, he's looking really good. It is March 2nd, so him looking really good doesn't mean anything to, you know, what's going to happen at the beginning of the season, what's going to happen during the season. But he is preparing for the WBC, which really matters to him, right? It really matters to everyone playing in the tournament. And so he's looking good. He's, he's going to be performing pretty well in that tournament, if I had to make a guess. And hopefully that goes into the season. We know when he was traded to the Padres, he did not have the best start, right? Um, he, he was slumping. He had like the worst slump of his career. And there, there were some Padres fans on social media that were really bashing Juan Soto and are like, well, let's see, let's see him have a really good season for the Padres, like a, a full season. Let's see him, you know, not walk. He's not paid to walk and all that. Like they, some people are, were down on Juan Soto. And those are, those are probably fans that hadn't watched Juan Soto, didn't know a ton about him going into him being a Padre. And all they saw of Juan Soto, all they've seen of him, is him just in a Padres uniform and seeing him struggle. So they made a judgment off of a, a month, two-month sample size. Go look at Juan Soto, his career, and you'll probably come out of that much more confident that he's going to bounce back this season. And you'll understand why he is the favorite to win the National League MVP this year. He's had a homer, right? He smashed that homer the other day against Arizona. Had a double in that game. Had a double, I think, yesterday in that rain-shortened game. Smashed that. Hit up the middle today. Another hit on top of that. I mean, the guy's raking right now. So, love to see that. So, I'm seeing good at-bats. Manny had a hit today. Um, let me look who else in the lineup. Cruz had a hit today, went one for three. Carpenter, one for two. But again, I don't want to get too bogged down in like how many hits someone got because not all hits are even, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, they're all hit. Like, they all count as you getting on base. And I'd rather have you have a dribbler and get on base than hit a line drive and not get on base if it's if we're basing it on results. But in spring training, I don't care if you get on base. I, I want good at bats. I want line drives, right? That's what I think fans should be watching for um in the field obviously the a lot of the attention today probably the biggest attention from tatis today came from the ball they dropped in right field and i think there are some people there there are a lot of fans that saw the video that i clipped and posted some fans are mad that i posted that and it's like you guys are really wasting your time getting mad at me posting a padres clip of Tatis I mean I'm helping you guys I'm helping fans like watch the plays because I know some people are working it's the middle of the day I'm helping Padres fans out a lot of fans are interested baseball fans in general too are interested in seeing Fernando what is he doing in the field first day in right field let's see what he's doing so I just posted the opportunities that he had in right field I posted the routine catch that he had uh, it's not like I'm looking to bash Fernando. I love I, I love Fernando, right? I'm I'm helping Padres fans that aren't watching the game. They get to see clips that they wouldn't see probably if I didn't post them because the Padres aren't going to go post a negative thing, right? Um, so I, I know I got a little off track there, but I just wanted to make my give my thoughts on that because I did see that a little bit 
on social media today. Um, but look, going to the, the dropped pop-up, because it, it was a routine fly ball. And he kind of took a weird route to it, wasn't straight to the ball, kind of rounded it. And then he went, and it's almost like he forgot he was in the outfield. And you know how ground balls, right? You catch the ball with two hands, right? Funnel it in. He tried doing that in the outfield, and he ended up dropping it. He was he was running to his, he was in right field, ball hit kind of down the line, running to his left, and he goes and tries to catch the ball with two hands when it was really a running catch, and he should have just caught it with one. Um, look, it's not a big deal. Tatis, he's going to get plenty of work in the outfield. This is not a play to overreact to. Oh, Tatis, he should be at shortstop. Oh, my gosh, what are the Padres doing? No, that, that's not the reaction that you should have to this. It's not a big deal. It's the beginning of spring training. He's, made, you know, what a concept. Maybe it takes time for him to adjust to being in a different position. Maybe he's playing in Arizona with the sun. He has a lot of habits of catching balls with two hands. I mean, maybe it just takes time to adjust to a new position. So don't overreact to errors that he makes in spring training. Like he, Remember, he's got more time than Trent Grisham does. Grish, Grish has to be ready by opening day, right? Azokar or Dixon or uh, Carpenter or David Dahl or Adam Engel, whoever. They got to be ready by opening day. Tatis, he still is going to have to do the suspension the last 20 games. So he doesn't have to be ready till April 20th, right, against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. So he's got more time. So just relax. If you see an error, it's not a big deal, right? And I'm posting it not to hate on Tatis or hate on any Padre. It's just so fans can see stuff that they're probably not seeing because they're working or they're doing something else, right? So... Just keep that in mind. Um, all, he made a routine fly ball catch in right. By the way, when he dropped that ball in right field, he had a laser throw into second base. So we know he has the arm, and he dropped that ball. He almost threw the guy out that was running to second base on that. So um, I think he was, because Tatis dropped it, so he had to go from first. He was at first, and he had to go to second. Um, but yeah, he almost threw the guy out. So. He's athletic. He has a huge arm, just a cannon for an arm. So I'm not worried about that. He's just got to have more work. It's going to take some time to adjust to the outfield. You know, I, I, I hesitate to compare me playing center field in high school to Tatis playing the outfield in major league games, major league spring training. But I transitioned from playing shortstop to the outfield, and it took me a little bit to read balls off of the bat in batting practice. Like I, I would, I love doing it by the way, but like a couple weeks in, I love center field. And I know Tatis isn't playing center. So there is a little bit different angles there, but it does take time to read balls off the bat and get used to that because you're used to being on the infield. It's a lot closer. There's not, you're not dealing with fly ball tailspins really at shortstop, right? It's just a totally different position. So it's going to take time. I'm not worried about it. I don't think you should be worried about it. And that's, I guess that's my Tatish uh, spiel today. Um, Seth Lugo, he started this game, went three innings, three hits, allowed one run. It was a home run. 
no walks. The curveball looked good. He He's continuing to get more comfortable, more built up as a starter. Um, again, like I've said on previous shows, I'm going to be more interested in seeing how Lugo does when he gets to like five innings, seeing how he can last, what happens in the fourth and the fifth. Do lineups see him for a third time, maybe the top of the lineup, and they really adjust to him and then he struggles there? Right now, I'm seeing good velocity from him. It doesn't seem like he's getting tired. So those are all positive signs. Uh, Adrian Morahone, he came in after Lugo. It seems like they're building up Morahone to be a starter, so it looks like you can put him into that six-starter competition beyond because Musgrove's going to be out at least to start the year. So Darvish, Snell, uh, Waka, Martinez, Lugo, That there's your five. And then you can put Morahone in there with Groom and Honeywell and Weathers. I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Ryan Weathers so far. Julio Tehran, right, those guys. Uh, put him in that group because he's doing the same that Morahone, I think this was his first outing in spring training. He's doing the same like workload as Lugo. At least that's what he did today. So Morahone went three innings, four hits, one run, one walk. I, I From what I saw from Morahone, I watched his outing. and. He was leaving some fastballs over the middle. It seemed like he was throwing a lot of fastballs in the outing. And Bob Melvin, I think he put this well post-game. And uh, he pretty much said he's trying to, like Morahone, he's trying to work on some things in spring training, experiment with some different pitches, get comfortable with different pitches. But he's also trying to make the team as well. So he has to, Morahone has to strike a balance between, between working on things and going with pitches that he feels good with on that particular day, in this case today. So maybe he felt like the fastball was working good, but he was trying to work on some other pitches as well. You got to find that balance because you're trying to show good results to the coaching staff, to the front office, the evaluators, so you can make the team. But you also want to try to get better at the same time, and you're not going to get better or get comfortable with new pitches unless you implement them in these spring training games, right? So there's a balance there, right? Uh, those were really the only notes that I wanted to hit on in this game about today's game. Again, Padres lost 5-4, but it's spring training. Who cares what the score was? Uh, Sean Poppin, he, uh, there's actually a couple more things I wanted to hit on. Poppin and then Jose Lopez, the Rule 5 guy. So Poppin, he, he lost the game. There was that walk-off. He, he was a long shot anyway to make the roster. He seems like an El Paso guy to me. Now, with Jose Lopez, there were some mental errors there. It seems like he's more of a longer shot to make the roster. My first projection, my first opening day roster projection before the spring training game started, I think I had Jose Lopez as like the last reliever getting on the roster because he was a Rule 5 guy. I thought the Padres would put him on the roster because they don't want to give him back to the Rays for half of what they had to give up to get him. Half the money, right? I think they get like 50000 back and they had to give the Rays 100000 Something like that. I might be off on that, on the numbers there. But it's something like that. But it seems like they're building up Chris Matt. I guess you could throw Chris Matt in that six-starter conversation as well with Groom and Morhone and Weathers and Honeywell and Tehran, right? All those guys. Uh, but they're building up Chris Matt maybe to be a long guy, to be the last guy in the bullpen. 
and then they bring maybe maybe they have a six man rotation to start the year. So you have Chris Matt as a long guy. You have a six starter. So what's the need of Jose Lopez? Or maybe not even what's the need, but where's the room for Jose Lopez? Let's say they have a six start six man rotation, so you can only have 13 pitchers. So you can only have seven relievers. If you're having Chris Matt hold one of those spots, then you have six relievers left. Hater, Suarez, Garcia, Hill, Pomerantz, right? And then Steven Wilson, that's six right there. Or if you want to have Morahone over Wilson or Morahone over someone else and you want Chris Matt on the team too, and you're having a six starter not be Morahone or Chris Matt, right? It's hard to find room for Jose Lopez. So they might just end up offering him back to Tampa. And I would think Tampa takes him. But Jose, um, today, let me hit on his box score here. One inning, gave up two hits, an earned run, one strikeout, gave up a home run. What I, take, what I took away from this outing more, though, was the mental error that he made. And I know it's early in spring training, so the Padres, they probably will not be like using this mental error on March 2nd as the reason he doesn't make the team. But it's little things like this that do add up when the when evaluators are looking at Jose Lopez at the end of spring training. And because if you weren't watching the game, the video, the clip is on my Twitter at Talking Friars. He, he threw one away or spiked one, got past the catcher. I think he spiked it. And he, was, he looked at first base to see if the guy was running to second, I think. But there was a guy on third base. And he didn't go cover home. He forgot and then it was too late, and the runner easily scored. It's little things like that where it's like, man, you're not even going to make the roster anyway, probably. So to improve your case, you got to do the little things right. And he didn't do – it didn't seem like he did the little things right today. So, again, look, those are the little things, like the diehard Padres fans. I guess those are probably the, the only ones that care about what Jose Lopez is up to in spring training. The big story is Tatis. I like the at-bats that he's having. I'm not worried about him in the outfield right now. Strong arm. It's going to take time to adjust. Not, we don't need to overreact to this. It's definitely something we're going to talk about because it's a huge storyline, like how, how Tatis is going to look leading up to the season, leading up to the start of the regular season when we're not going to really see Tatis anymore because he's going to be suspended, right? He's going to go back into that suspension. And I believe he can only play like 10 rehab or 10 games leading up to when he can return, I think. I think it's 10 days out before the suspension is when he can go to the minor leagues and start playing again. So he's going to have some time off there. So like this is the time where we're focused on Tatis. The WBC guys are going to be gone. Uh, some of them are already gone. Hassan Kim's already gone. Xander Bogarts is already gone. And the DR guys, Cruz, Soto, Manny, Garcia, they leave on March 6th, I think. March 5th, I believe, is their last game. So the attention is going to be, the spring training attention is going to be on the pitching staff. How does that shake out? It's going to be on Tatis. It's going to be on Odor and the rest of the bench situation, how that plays out. Like, that's where the focus is probably going to be. You could throw Merrill in there, right? Prospects. But that's what it's going to be on, right? Um. Let's look at the chat here, see what you guys are thinking. Thank you so much for joining here. This live 
show. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned in the chat. Devin says, Nando looks comfy just playing in general. So glad to see him on a baseball field and not sitting and waiting. I agree with that. Flygod97, Soto is giving us a preview of his incoming 2023 MVP. I mean, that's what the projections say. They say he's going to win the MVP, and he's looking like it right now, but it's spring training, right? David Dahl's having, David Dahl, he had another hit today, I think, right? At least one. I know he had at least one. He continues to rake this spring training. Where is his name? Dahl, he was playing today. Yeah, he's hitting 333 so far this spring. Pretty good for a guy that's fighting for a roster spot. I think he has an advantage being a lefty, Tatis being suspended. I think he can take that spot if he continues playing well. He has an advantage there, I think. Has the experience. He was playing some center field today, too. So that that could give him the edge over Azokar, right? Let's say they go, or Angle. Angle might not be ready. Who knows? Because he hasn't even played yet. He hasn't even started his running progression. So let's say they go with one of Azokar or Angle. Those are righties. So let's say they only go one righty, and they're going to go with a lefty outfielder, and that's Dahl. Devin says, I know Soto looks good in spring so far, but let's not take spring training into heavy consideration. That's fair. I agree. Not trying to spread negativity, but spring training doesn't always translate to regular season. Two totally different circumstances. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ace Gang says, how can I watch Padres games without having the Padres app or anything Padres? Uh, I don't know how you can do that. If you're in San Diego, then you get blacked out of MLB TV, which I, I still don't understand why that happens. Uh, but if you're in San Diego, unless you want to like illegally stream it, you have to have Bally. That's the only way I know of it. To be, what is it? Tube, Tubi? Tubo? Tubo TV or something? Cox, I think DirecTV has it, carries it. Uh, I think YouTube TV stopped carrying it, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, those are the ways. Devin asks, how does Campy look? Haven't heard anything of him, haven't heard anything about him, I think is what Devin's saying. Uh, I would say he's been okay. He hasn't stood out to me too much at the plate. And the last thing I remember of him defensively was him dropping that pop-up the other day. And then a home run was served up later that at-bat. And there was two outs, 0-2 count when he dropped that. It was just a pop-up in foul territory that he should have caught. And he dropped it. And then a home run was hit off of Reese Kinnear later in that at-bat. So there's still room to improve there. Nola's the starting catcher. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Devin asks, do you think the multiple hitting coaches benefits some of the hitters like Soto, or is it just pure talent of Soto? I don't know how much the hitting coaches help Soto. Maybe they see something that Soto doesn't see, but Soto is one of the best hitters in baseball. He's going to be, he's on track to be a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I think he can see something when he's doing something wrong. I think he can look at the video and see why he's struggling and continue to work at it. Uh, I'm sure they help him in some ways. They help with game planning. I know that's a lot of the hitting coach's job now. I don't think it's a whole lot of, hey, uh, try not to hit home runs all the time. You know, it's not like that anymore. It doesn't feel like. It's more about scattering reports. What is this pitcher going to give you? Like middle of the game, there's a pitching change. Okay, that hitter that's going to be up is going to go over to the pitching. He's going to go over, not the pitching coach, the hitting coach, Ryan Flaherty, or another hitting coach. They're going to go over to them and ask, hey, uh, what is this pitcher throwing? What does he do against lefties? What is he going to do when I have two strikes on me? Stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with Adrian. Tatis will adapt. All right, I'll get to the rest of the chat here in a bit. But I did want to hit on some other topics, but first. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right. So I wanted to hit on a couple things. Rugnet Odor, he spoke this morning to Padres reporters, beat writers um, in the clubhouse. He had the locker yesterday, right? The reported deal was yesterday. Uh, and I gave my reaction to that on YouTube. I gave my reaction to that in this podcast, this YouTube show. So if you did not catch that, I recommend you go back and watch that. Uh, but just in short, I don't think he's I don't think he's a favorite to make the opening day roster. He can play multiple positions, but primarily he's a second baseman. If the Padres want to go with a lefty bat off the bench, infield guy, veteran, they could go with Odor. If Dixon gets hurt or someone gets hurt in the WBC, obviously we, we're hoping that that doesn't happen. But if it does, they have someone who can fill in on the roster. Um, and maybe this it gives Brandon Dixon some competition. Right. But I think Dixon, he's the favorite over a door to make the roster as a bench infielder. He can play outfield and he can play infield. He can play more positions than Odor can. I think that gives him an edge. But maybe the Padres want a lefty because they do have righties on the bench. Uh, Nelson Cruz, if Carpenter's DHing, Cruz is a righty. Camposano's a righty. If Nola's catching, I know they don't really like using the catcher as a hitter just in case the starting catcher gets hurt. But he's a righty. Azokar's a righty. Angle's a righty. So maybe they want to go with the lefty off the bench. But we'll see. Um, but Odor did speak to the media. And pretty much he, he, he says that he likes everything about what the Padres are doing. Seems like the majority of his time will be at second base. But he did mention maybe playing some first base, maybe playing some third base at some point in spring. And I could see him doing that. 
because Cruz is going to be gone. So maybe that'll give Carpenter some more DH at bats. Have Crony play second. Merrill play short. You can have Odor play first. You could have Odor play third if you want Dixon not playing third or just want to give Odor some time at third because why not? Um, but he'll get time at second base. He'll get plenty of time at second base. Because um, Crony, I think if you ask him, he's probably going to want a lot of reps at first base because he knows that's going to be his primary position, at least going into the season. And he has a new first base glove. He's working that in, right? And by the way, uh, Jacob Cronenworth is his name. It's not Jake. No one close to him calls him Jake. Uh, Annie Halbrun, I saw that on Twitter today. She posted on social media. Obviously, that's Twitter, duh. She was talking with, I was about to say Jake, talking with Jacob Cronenworth. It's just weird to say because I've said Jake for, you know, three years or however long it's been. Um, yeah, it's been three years, over three years now, right? She said, Jacob, that's what he's called. And Manny calls him Jacob because that's his name. And at Michigan, he was called Jacob Cronenworth. And I guess the Jake caught on because someone put that in MLB system, probably. And announcers, everyone just called him Jake Cronenworth. It's not like he hates people calling him Jake, but he doesn't mind people calling him Jacob Cronenworth either, it doesn't seem like. And so I'll probably call him Jacob Cronenworth because that's his name. And it's not like he's, he hasn't like asked fans or the media to say, hey, can you call me Jake? I think he doesn't care. He just, the media will probably continue to, to say, hey, Jake, what'd you think about this performance? What'd you think about this? Just because they've been saying that for years and he doesn't mind it. But I think Annie Hobrun, she was on John and Jim earlier today and pretty much saying that she'll try to say Jacob. She'll try to, you know, consciously remember hey say jacob in interviews not jake so we'll see how that goes but you can call him jacob or you can call him jake i don't think it matters to him um where was i going with that i just remember that that was stuck in my head today oh yeah odor so odor is going to get pl plenty of playing time at different positions plenty of playing time at second crony's going to get playing plenty of playing time at first dixon will get playing time in the outfield he'll get playing time at third, at other positions as well. So we'll see how that bench battle shakes out there. All right. Another thing I wanted to get to was Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on my social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, or I, I think I posted on YouTube here. Stephen A. Smith, I, I was looking up some stuff last night, and I, I came across this clip of him when the Padres first signed Manny Machado. And he did not like this. He doesn't think that players should get 10-year contracts, but he's fine with the money, even though that's not how it works. Like, you, the players get the years because they get the money. Like, the, the money, they wouldn't get 300 if they, it was a five-year deal. You know, that, that's just not the way it works. Um, maybe he doesn't understand that because he doesn't really follow baseball. Like, it's clear, I think, I mean, Yonder Alonso said it best. He replied to my tweet today and was like, hey, uh, stick to basketball. I think he should do that. Stick to basketball, stick to football. If you don't care about baseball, don't act like you care about it. Same thing with, like, Colin Cowherd. Like, we don't need you talking about baseball when you don't know what you're talking about. So just go stick to NFL. Go stick to NBA. I don't care. Don't, don't talk about it unless you actually care about it. You know, you don't have to fake caring about it if you don't care about it that's fine 
then don't act like you know what you're talking about. But in this case, Stephen A. did, and this is this is what he said about the Manny Machado signing in 2019 when the Padres gave him this deal. Let me, sorry, delay here a little bit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Need to share my screen. All right. Here's Stephen A. This is the brother that basically has the attitude, I'll work when I want to work. I'll run the bases when I want to run the bases. I'll show effort when I want to show effort. That's who you give 10 years to? 10 years? I'm not feeling that. I'm so happy that the Yankees didn't do that. Manny Machado, is he box office? Are you really going to sell tickets in San Diego? This is the brother that basically has the answer. That's funny. There's a lot there. I'm going to play it again, and then I'll pause it after he says certain stuff and give my thoughts. All right, here it is again. His reaction to the Padres signing Manny Machado back in 2019. This was the first $300 million that they gave him. And then they gave him another three hundred. They actually gave him three fifty. In this latest contract. This is the brother that basically has the attitude. I'll work when I want to work. I'll run the bases when I want to run the bases. Time out. I work when I want to work. I run the bases when I want to run the bases. That's that's fair at the time. Right. Because, you know, the whole Dodgers thing. And I think he said in an interview during that postseason run, I'm not Johnny Hustle. You know, that's that's just not who I am. Essentially, he's not going to run out every play. But he's saying that like it's a knock. Like he, he was saying that like Manny doesn't care about hustling. He does he like intentionally doesn't hustle. He's making it seem like it's a bad thing. I don't need we don't need Manny Machado hustling out of the box on a on a lazy ground ball to second base. I run the bases when I want to run the bases. It's not like he's it's not like he, you know, in a big situation he's not gonna hustle. He picks and chooses because he wants to be out there every game of the season. He posts, right? He's one of the more consistent players in Major League Baseball. He suffers an injury. Instead of missing six to eight weeks, he misses nine games and gets back on the field because he wants to be out there on the field. He knows his bat is more valuable than him running out a ball, a grounder to the infield. That's probably going to be an out, and then him getting hurt on that, right? I'll show effort when I want to show effort. That's who you give 10 years to? 10 years? I'm not feeling that. I'm so happy that the Yankees didn't do that. Pause. Again, you're so happy that the Yankees didn't sign Manny Machado. Um, look, I know this, this, this clip was from 2019, but if I were to ask Stephen A. Smith right now, are you happy that the Yankees did not sign Manny Machado in 2019 when they probably had, I think he met with the Yankees. They had the opportunity to. He would say, nah, man, I'm wrong on that. I wish the Yankees would have signed Manny Machado. That, that's wrong of me. That was a bad take by me. Because who's the Yankees third baseman right now? Josh Donaldson? Who, who have the Yankees had play third base since Manny Machado? Manny Machado, excuse me, signed with the San Diego Padres. Let's go through this. 2019 Yankees. 
Look it up on Baseball Reference. Their third baseman was Gio Urshela. You go Manny? You want to go Manny or Gio Urshela, Stephen A? I think you'd go Manny. How about the 2020 Yankees? Who was the third baseman then? Gio Urshela. Again, I think he'd rather go with Manny. 2021 Yankees, third base. Gio Urshela. Or you could go maybe, who's another third base option? DJ LeMahieu. I know a lot of games are at second base, but would you rather have DJ LeMahieu or Manny Machado? I think you'd rather have Manny Machado. 2022 New York Yankees. Would you rather have Josh Donaldson hitting 15 home runs, 62 RBIs, hitting 222, OPS plus of 94? Or would you rather have 2022 Manny Machado who should have won the National League MVP, had a 6.8 war, 159 OPS plus, over 100 RBIs, 100 runs scored, over double the amount of home runs, almost got to 300. So, yeah, you know the freezing cold takes, old takes exposed? I tagged them in it, and they retweeted it. So this has got a lot of traction on social media. It's like, Stephen A., man, just stick to the sports that you actually pay attention to. You don't need to fake it. Manny Machado, is he box office? Are you really going to sell tickets in San Diego? That's the best part. Are you really going to Are you really going to sell tickets in San Diego? Fast forward to Manny's second three hundred plus million dollar contract, and the Padres have sold out season tickets. They're going to sell out probably record number games this season. There's a wait list on season tickets. So yeah. The Padres are really going to sell tickets in San Diego, Stephen A. Just please stop talking about baseball. These national guys, man, it, it just, it's irritating. Whenever I turn on something and I'm expecting them to talk about NFL or NBA and they're sitting there talking about Major League Baseball for like two minutes and the two minutes that they talk about it, you already know that they don't care about baseball and they're just trying they're just talking about it because oh something big came up in the baseball world and so they're trying to bring in that audience it's like you don't need to give your opinion on everything it's all right if you don't pay attention to it you don't need to give your opinion on it it's all right hopefully i'm not the only person thinking that about these national guys right so yeah that was a that uh are you really going to sell tickets in San Diego? That worked out well for Stephen A., huh? Not. All right, back to the chat. Lizzie says, why can't Melvin play Tatis on a televised game? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it was on the the webcast today. You could watch it. It wasn't the best camera angles. Um, didn't have Don and Mud. But that's just their progression from it. They're probably working backwards because that's a smart thing to do like okay what do we need from tatis on march 2nd for him to be ready for april 20th and so they work backwards probably and this is just what happened i don't know maybe it is them planning like hey how many games can we get tatis not on television but people have cell phones that they, they will record it and post it like that's just what's gonna happen so you can't it's not like you can really avoid that 
if you wanted to avoid it, maybe you have them on backfields, but then there's still going to be cell phones there because there's tons of fans there. So you can't really avoid it. I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I agree, Carlos. Not all spring training games are being televised, which sucks. I agree. It sucks. But that's just the world we live in. I mean, why? I don't think it's that hard for Major League Baseball teams to have, just have play at least the webcast, like today. Have the webcast on there. Jesse and Tony are doing almost every game on the radio if it's not on TV. Or they're doing it on MLB.com audio. Just put the webcast up there. It's not that hard, is it? Just have a couple cameras and people operating it. You're a major league baseball team. You should be able to afford it for spring training games. Your fans, all they want to do is just watch the product. I'm not saying it has to be gone and mud every game. Just put the web. You know, I don't even think they need announcers. I mean, that's great to have Jesse and Tony, you know, synced up to it. But I'm not even asking for that. If you're not going to have any announcers doing it, at least have the webcast. At least a webcast every game. So we can watch the players. The most anticipated Padres season is coming up. I think a lot of Padres fans want to see what's going to happen leading up to the regular season, right? So maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Just put it on a webcast every game. Don't you want to be growing the product? You want eyes? On, you want more eyeballs on it? Create more content for it? That's the way to do it, right? Colton says, everyone is getting upset about losing some games in spring training, but I don't think they're trying to win. What? They're not, what? They're not trying to win? I mean, they don't care really about if they win the spring training games, so I understand what your point is there. But the players are trying to win on the field, I would think. I mean, they're not going home like, oh, crap, we lost this game. I mean, I'm, this is going to ruin my night. But the minor leaguers that have major league coaching staffs looking at them in the ninth inning, of course they're trying to win that game. But it's not like something you get upset about. Like, oh, Padres lost today. They've lost like two in a row. Oh, no. Which I don't think they have. They won yesterday. But, right? Yeah, they won yesterday. In the rain-shortened game. So, But, again, it, it doesn't matter. The Cactus League championship, even if, I don't even know if that's a thing. But, I guess technically, whoever has the best record. But, it doesn't matter. I did have a Drew Pomerantz update. I see that in the chat from Devin. So thank you for that reminder there. So Drew Pomerantz, uh, according to Kevin Acey in the Union Tribune, he has had nine bullpen sessions, and he is about a week away from facing hitters. And then who knows how long it's going to be until he gets into spring training games. But he, it seems like he's on track for opening day, which is great news. Um, because remember, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, so it's not a guarantee that he's going to be a really impactful guy for the Padres in 2023. If you get impact innings, high leverage innings from Pomerantz, and he can stay healthy, I think that's a positive. I really do. You got to view that as a positive. Um, whatever you can get out of him is a positive, I think. When he's healthy and he's pitching well and he doesn't feel pain, like he pitches well, even when he did feel pain in 2021. He had a 1.75 ERA, but according to Kevin Acey, he's uh, Pomerantz. Or Pomerantz told Acey, "quote I had pain the whole year." End quote. 
of him when he was pitching. He wasn't 100% during his rehab last year, and he just, he was too, like, I think 2021, he wasn't healthy. In 2022, or when was that? Yeah, his rehab last year, when he was doing some outings there in, like, August, he was not 100%. He was too healthy, if that makes sense, because of the scar tissue. I guess it was too thick. I've never had that injury. I have no idea what he, I, I can't really relate to what Pomerantz is talking about. But that's what he told AC. Like, he was too healthy during the rehab, and it hurt to throw. And he could feel the bone. Like, it, it felt like something was coming up. Like, he, like, his skin was coming off the bone or something. something. It, it, go read the article yourself. Uh, Pomerantz, he, he detailed it pretty well, like, how he was feeling last year. In fact, I'll pull up. Well, I'm not going to pull up the article because I don't want to steal just Kevin's article. Um, you can go look at it, but it's on the Union Tribune. But I'll read, I'll read you what Pomerant said here, one of his quotes. Here it is. This is about 2021, I think. I had pain the whole year, but I was still effective. And then 2020. I think this was 2022. No, no, no. This is 2021 still. I was dying and I was still trying to get out of that outing. And then I had got, I had a guy two strikes. He dinked one. I was like, expletive. I got to throw a fastball again. And that's when I was like, I can't do it. I just couldn't. I had nothing left. So like what he, when he was throwing fastballs, he had that much pain. Like he had nothing left. So he had the flexor tendon surgery six to nine months where he was out, I think. Had a rehab assignment last August, and this is what Pomerantz said. Last year, it was like, I want to come back, and maybe I'm not 100%, but I'll figure out a way to get it done. I wasn't like, I need to be 110%. I wasn't like that, or excuse me, it wasn't like that, because I pitched at much less than 100% and still pitched effectively. In my head, I was like, I'll figure it out. A minor league game is very different than being in a big league game. You get the adrenaline in a big league game. Uh, so I was kind of, I was trying to get in shape enough to get through and then hoping, hoping that adrenaline would carry me in the big leagues. Uh, but the pain kept getting worse. Pomerant says, I was throwing and felt like my blank was ripping off the bone, but it wasn't. It was just so healed. It was just super painful. That's what scar tissue does. So, Yeah. Pomerant says he feels great at the end of that article by AC. Again, I recommend you go check that out from Kevin. Um, he goes into detail about Pomerantz and his recovery, the timeline, all that. So Pomerant says he feels great. Was not 100% during the rehab last year, but he wanted to get back on the mound. So there, there is that kind of thing floating around. Maybe, on, maybe it's just social media because people love hating other people on social media um, where people are... You know, they're, they don't think Drew Pomerantz really cares. He is just cashing a check. He's on the team, but he's not on the team. Like, he's stealing money from the Padres. And it's easy to say that because, you know, he's hurt. And, yeah, it does seem like he's stealing money a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, when you read articles like this, it's like, okay, well, he doesn't want to be stealing money from the Padres, right? He wants to be earning that money. He wants to help the team. He feels terrible about it. And he's working his butt off to get back. And so definitely rooting for Drew. 
That's for sure. Jacob asks, is Fernando going to play tomorrow? I don't think so. I think they're going like every other day for now. And then later in spring, they'll give him, you know, a couple days in a row, then an off day, maybe try three games in a row, then an off day, stuff like that. You know, just slowly build up. Again, he doesn't have to be ready for another month and a half. Guys have to be ready by the end of this month. He doesn't have to be ready then. So they're going to slow play this thing. Juan says about Cronenworth, just call him JJ because Jacob John Cronenworth. I don't JJ Cronenworth. I, I don't know. It sounds all right. I don't know. I have a cousin named Jacob. He's been on the show numerous times. I call him Jacob. So, some people call him Jake. I call him Jacob. I have no problem calling Cronenworth Jacob. I usually call him Crony. Like, if anyone that knows me, I, I call him Crony. So. I'll probably just call that. I'll probably just keep calling him crony because it's just in my head, you know? Yeah, that's true about Stephen A. I think that was last year, right, Dane? Stephen A has the coldest baseball takes. He said Shohei can't be the face of baseball because he needs an inter interpreter. Yeah, he said that last year. He apologized, but he said it. I think his point was like, well, he can't really, you know, he's not great in press conferences because he needs an interpreter like so he's not going to be great at marketing himself because he doesn't speak english it was stupid like no he is the face of baseball you can be the face of baseball with not being you know that out there with talking to americans if you're if you're a talent like shohei we care about what you do on the field you know you can be the face of baseball like that so yeah it was a dumb take Oh, Juan lives near where Cronoworth went to high school. Or went, yeah, went where he went to high school. Says he's trying to grab a Cronoworth St. Clair high school jersey. He went to high school just a few miles from where I live in Michigan. Cool. Do they sell high school guys' jerseys or companies just make them? Because in high school, the only person that has the jersey is the player, right? Because most times they just give the jersey back at the end of the year, right? I guess unless you're a senior. Yeah, Jake wore number two in high school, and I think he wore number two at Michigan as well. Jacob, Corona Ward. Uh, Semtex says, are the Padres hosting tomorrow's game? I have that answer for you. They are not. Uh, they are, yes, actually. It's the first kind of evening game in Peoria so far for the Padres. 5.40. That is against the Cubs. I believe that's Tehran's time around. I think he's starting tomorrow. And that game, is that game on TV? That game is... It's not on Padres TV. It's on the Cubs TV. So we'll see if we'll be able to watch that. Maybe on MLB Network, but we'll see. Again, I, th I think it's a good idea for the webcast just to be up there. Like, if, if the game's not going to be on any team, if it's, I understand if you're not going to televise it, if the Cubs are broadcasting the game, fans can go on MLB TV. I know some don't have it, but at least there's the ability to if you want to pay for it, right? MLB TV, that package. 
But if no one's broadcasting it, you can't put a webcast up there. I don't think it can be that hard. Devin asks, what's going on with Blake Snow? Um, I think he's kind of on the same plan of Musgrove. Not He's not hurt. He doesn't have a fractured toe from dropping a kettlebell on him on his left toe, uh, his big toe. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like Musgrove, Snell, like this, the bigger starters, they were their plan right now, I think, early in spring is just throwing on backfield games, in backfield games. Like Musgrove was facing Bogarts and the big name guys on the backfields. The Padres, they wanted to get the smaller guys, the six de- the, the, the depth guys, the six-man rotation guys that are fighting for that spot. They want to get those guys early work, the most work possible on, you know, in the actual games. Because they know like Snell, those guys, they're gonna be in the rotation. They're gonna be able to get through the games. Or get through their their starts, right? At least we hope Snell will be able to in the first half. They'll be like they know what they're doing. Where the six-man guys, the depth guys, the Padres want to see those guys in real game situations where they have to fight through it. You can't be, it's not like you're on a backfield and Ryan Weathers can walk three guys and then, okay, he's at his pitch count, he's done. Right? Like in a middle of an at-bat and they say, nope, we're not allowing you to throw any more pitches. Or you're supposed to go three innings, but you face five batters and... The coaching staff's like, no, it's all right. We've seen enough. It's fine. Spring training, you got to get through the batter, get through the out. They could take you out after a certain amount of pitches. They've done that. They've already done that this spring. But they want these depth guys, at least I assume so, they want them to fight through situations, get through innings, have to have to have guys in jams in an actual game situation and get through it. Not on a backfield, but actually in the, in, in, at Peoria Stadium. So that's why you're seeing this. Yeah, I think walk is the same thing, Devin. Yeah. So that's my best answer for you on that. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about around San Diego sports right now. Um, San Diego State, I talked about that yesterday, reacted to the Boise State loss. Disappointing, but they're in the tournament. I think they'll beat Wyoming on Saturday. I'll have my reaction to that at the end of the episode uh, following that game. Um, whenever my next episode is, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. Hit on a lot of stuff. Again, don't no need to overreact on Tatis. He'll be fine. This has been episode 351 of Talking Friars. Thank you so much for tuning in on podcast platforms, on YouTube. I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Go Padres.